Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. We have reconvened the roundtable here. Uh, it's been a minute. Everybody had their holiday break. Hope everybody listening had a Merry Christmas as well. But we are back here to talk about Auburn's bowl game. Still one game left for football season before we can completely transition to basketball. Before the show started, we are talking about Auburn's huge SEC opener in basketball against LSU, but still one order of business left for the football team. They play number 20 Houston back at the Birmingham Bowl. They were last there um, during the 2015 season. That game is Tuesday at 11 a.m. on ESPN from the new protective stadium. Um, Obviously, UAB's new stadium in downtown Birmingham. And so we haven't gotten a ton into the matchups yet. It is an interesting game on both sides. There's a couple opt-outs on both sides. I think maybe Houston's two best players overall on the entire roster aren't playing in this game. Obviously, we know Auburn's going to be down some guys, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. But Mark, you were able to go see the team. You made the trip over there um, on Christmas Eve. They had a practice at Hoover High School's um, stadium. First time we've been able to see the team practice in since the preseason and so um, what were kind of your observations from what you saw as the as the Tigers are now in the home stretch of their bowl preparations Nathan I was having some flashbacks to 2015 when I watched them practice up there getting ready for the Memphis game for the Birmingham Bowl and you know something really stood out to me there just were not a lot of bodies out there at practice not nothing like it was you know earlier in the year And, and just think about all the guys gone you know, the most high-profile guy gone is Bo Nix, but, you know, you're also missing Nick Brahms, the starting center, who's out and injured. Tayshawn Manning, who started the last game at guard, he's he's gone. Broderius Ham has opted out of the game. Uh, so Kobe McLean uh, opted out of the game, a leading tackler on the team. And uh, Roger McCreary, who's probably the, the best player on the team, the only All-American this year, He's opted out of the game. Now, Andres Carlson was there on the sidelines on crutches, but he's definitely not going to be playing. And, um, you know, there's certainly some other guys, you know, Ladarius Tennyson, who started the, the Alabama game as the uh, star nickel. He's not going to be there either. And uh, I just think uh, they're way down on numbers. Zion Puckett who was injured again in the Alabama game. I don't expect to see him playing in the bowl either. So, um, it's going to be an Auburn light team for sure. Yeah. When you really, I mean, when you start to run it down like that, you realize not only how much of a toll the injuries have taken, but now the guys who have entered the transfer portal, um, you know, a lot of those guys are already with other teams. Elijah can't, everybody is Elijah Canyon. It's with Purdue, Bo Nix with Oregon, Tayshaun Manning uh, with Kentucky, Ladarius Tennyson landed at Ole Miss. And so Auburn now in the process of figuring out what they're going to do to replace some of those depth pieces. And, um, Jason, for you, as you look at this game, maybe besides a guy like a Roger McCreary, who, you know, his his presence cannot be duplicated, at least not right now. Besides a guy like Zacoby McLean, who's been an incredible defensive player, maybe besides those two guys, what are the positions you're going to be looking at in this game and saying it's going to be really important for guys to step up at, at position X and Y against Houston? Yeah, I think you got to look right in the middle of the offense. You look at quarterback and starting center. To me, the, those are the positions that – um, as vitally important as anywhere you have on offense. And you're going to have a new combination for the first time in four years for Auburn. Um, you go back to Jarrett Stidham. Uh, I mean, now, 
you know, T.J. Finley started the last two games, but he started with Nick Brahms. And now you're talking about a new center in Jaleel Irvin and, and a quarterback um, making, you know, his first bowl start. Um, guy that, you know, Houston will now have two games of full film to watch and see kind of what this offense has transformed, you know, into under T.J. Finley. So it'll be a little bit different experience for him. Um, is that ankle still tender? Is it still, you know, bothering him some? Um, you know, that's still, you know, we'll see how he looks and, and if he can plant and move and do the things he needs to do because this is a very aggressive Houston defense. They're going to come after Auburn. My guess is they're going to blitz a bunch. You're talking about, you know, checks, you know, the things you got to do from an offensive line standpoint and a quarterback standpoint. It's going to be brand new. And so, you know, if you're Houston, you got some time to put in some new things, some different wrinkles on defense. This is going to be a big-time challenge for those two guys from a mental standpoint, not just physically, not just can you block a guy in front of you, can you make all the throws, but can you get the team lined up? Can you get the offensive line in the right spots? Can you make the correct checks, do those things? That's where this one can be really, really dicey for Auburn. And so, to me, I'm looking right in the middle of that Auburn offense. Um, and, and, you know, can they respond to that challenge? And you know, how do they play? If those two guys play well, then you got to like Auburn's chances because that'll be the, the key determination. If you know, it's not just pass protection and a blitz pickup. It's hey, do you get the right you know blocking scheme called to to run to run the ball? Uh, you know, maybe you the the call was left. You want to run it right, but you don't get the blocking scheme right, and it gets blown up, and a guy loses four yards. All of a sudden, you're behind the chains, and that's where Auburn has to avoid being on Saturdays. I mean, on you know, Tuesday, excuse me. So. That's where I'm looking. I'm, I'm, you know, to me, those two guys will be really keyed for Auburn uh, against Houston. Yeah, we talked about the offensive line all year long as being a group that you know had its highs and lows, and now we're in a position where there are multiple guys not going to be um, available for this game. Might see Brandon Council slide back in there. Um, obviously, it's going to be an interesting uh, mix between like Austin Troxel, probably healthy and ready to go between him and Killian Zaire. We'll see which which tackle spots they end up using those guys at um, Mark. It was interesting. Listen to what Brian Harson had to say um, on Christmas Eve. You know, he said that, you know, he's, he hears all about, you know, meaningless people talking about meaningless bowl games, people just talking about looking forward um, to the future and using the time to, to develop the younger players with the additional practices. Um, he said the mindset of this team has been to win this game. Uh, they they want to finish out this season um, on a high note and try to try to avoid a losing record, which you'd be, you know, obviously six and seven. Um, if you lose this game, just what is the mindset um, from your perception right now of this Auburn team um, heading into this game? And then after that, heading into the early stages of the offseason with with all the changes that they've under undergone. Yeah, Nathan, they're certainly talking about this game being important. You know, they're six and six. Um, Auburn has not had a losing record since 2012. And these guys don't want that tag on their resume. You know, Brian Harson doesn't want it either. He's never had a losing season as a head coach, and uh, this team should be much better than six and six, in my opinion. They let some games slip away, especially down the stretch. They should have won, and you know this team, in my opinion, could easily have won nine games if they just executed a few things better and, and coached them up a little bit better. And that's just being perfectly honest. The coaching staff is just as responsible as the players for this record being six and six right now. Um, you know. From talking to the players and coaches, I think they're serious. Practice looks serious. Um, I think a lot of these guys are going to be healthy, fresh, ready to go. They had a lot of time off. 
you know, you mentioned Austin Troxel. He looked like he was moving around fine out there now, which is a good thing because they don't have a, a lot of depth on the offensive line, particularly at tackle. So I'd like to see him, you know, have a good game. He's had so much problems with his knees over the years. You'd like to see him, you know, finish up strong if this is actually going to be his last game. He does have another year to come back on the COVID option if he wants to. And I'm going to be watching the secondary to see a guy like Road Torrance. He looked really good at practice. Now, I've always thought Road Torrance looked good, but he looked particularly good at practice. And with Roger McCreary not out there, I mean, this could be an opportunity for him to get out there and, and prove what he can do. And, uh, you know, also think that a guy like Nehemiah Pritchett, he needs to really step up and play well. He has, has a lot of big game experience. He can play cornerback. He can play safety. Wouldn't he be shocked to see him – at the uh, nickel star a little bit in this game, along with, you know, possibly somebody like Devin Geis as well. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. The secondary rotation is going to be interesting to watch. Maybe a little bit of a precursor looking to spring practices, um, what that depth chart might look like there. Because when you look back at their most recent game, they're not going to have three starters from the Alabama game. Roger McCreary, if Zion Puckett doesn't play. Um, and then, like you said, Ladarius Tennyson did start a nickel in that game. Um, so that just by virtue of a depth chart and by virtue of rotating guys up, um, there's going to be an opportunity for some players to get some extra time in this game. Jason, you wrote about it a little bit this week, but, um, you know, big storyline the past couple of weeks was Tank Bigsby obviously staying on um, with the program after a little bit of drama. Um, there might be a really important game for a guy like him to get it going because this is the number 11 run defense in the country in Houston. Talked about a little bit, alluded to it. Logan Hall, their best defensive lineman, 12 and a half tackles for loss on the season. He's not going to play um, in this game. Still a talented defensive front. It was against competition from the Americans, so it'll be interesting to see. But at the same time, Auburn's had its problems with run blocking. Um, what do you expect from Auburn's game planning um, with a guy like Tank Bigsby in this game to kind of take the pressure off of TJ Finley, who might not be 100%? Yeah, I would expect Auburn really to try to establish a running game. Um, yeah, I think that's what you look at in a Houston they played really well against the run, but the only ranked team they played this year was Cincinnati, who ran for over 200 yards against them. Um, you know, they lost to Texas Tech, who's not known to be a powerful physical running team. Other than that, you know, Memphis wasn't the same as they've been in past years. Uh, so I think Auburn's going to have the ability to run the football. And, and you look at you look at Houston up front, and, and this is not a massive defensive line group, especially when you take, like I said, you take your best player out of the mix, 6'6", 275. He had the size, the physicality to, to do some of those things. Now you look up front and, you know, Derek Parrish is a guy that's a playmaker, you know, offensive fullback at times, but plays, you know, kind of the bandit position, which is kind of their edge rusher. 6'2", 245, you know, stout, physical kid, but nothing huge. Defensive tackle, Atlas Bell at 6'1", 260. His backup, Cedric Williams, 6'1", 275. Those aren't what you expect from SEC defensive tackles, but they're quick and athletic. And this is the caveat for this one for me. You look at the other side, 5'11", 293, you know, a freshman, uh, uh, Chidozi Nwankwo, um, Jamichael Neal, 6'1", 315. These are short but pretty athletic guys. And I remember talking to Will Friend earlier in the year. He was really concerned about playing Georgia State. He said because of that same thing. He said these are the kind of teams – that get those undersized guys that they get underneath it because they're quick and athletic and explosive. They're not necessarily bulldozers. Um, 
And we'll see if that's something that bothers this, this Auburn offensive line group. Because, like I said, I expect them to do a lot of things. Deontay Anderson, head linebacker. Um, you know, Donovan Mutant, another linebacker, six, you know, 230 pounders. So they got some size at linebacker. But I, I would think that Auburn wants to and has to establish a running game. We've seen Auburn's offense. We know that if they can't run it successfully, that means they're going to be third and medium, third and long. And that has not been a recipe for success. It wasn't a recipe for success for Alabama, Ohio State. It doesn't matter who it is. But it's hard for this Auburn offense to, to to work and to do anything when they got to convert a bunch of third and longs. And so they got to run the football. I hope we get back to seeing a little bit more Jarquez Hunter. I know Tank Bigsby needs to run it. Um, and he ran it well at the end of the year. But, you know, Jarquez Hunter got 12 total carries the last four games. Those are four Auburn losses. Now, he didn't go out and put up a ton of yards, but what it does to give guys different looks, maybe to keep Tank a little fresher, um, I think they need to get back to that one-two punch a little bit like we saw earlier in the season. And so um, maybe we'll see a little bit more Jarquez Hunter. But, you know, you, you mentioned in the opt-outs, there's no Sean Shivers. So you don't have a third running back. The, run, the third running back, Sean Jackson, has already played in four games. You burn a red shirt if he plays in game number five. Um, who would be the third running back? I mean, you know. Jay Sharp. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Jay get Sharp. a lot of snaps in practice. Yeah, and so the Birmingham native right there from Pinson Valley, um, you know, walk on kid could be the third option at running back for this team. And so he is not the power runner. He's the little little scat back kind of guy. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, question you got to be able to run the football if you're Auburn. Introducing the two way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two way for yourself at newbalance.com. Yeah, it was somebody we hadn't talked about. We talked about all the opt-outs and transfers. Sean Shivers um, was the first one of the of the offseason to enter the transfer or the after the end of the regular season. Um, he ended up at Indiana. He had been such a big third down back for them. Um, so wouldn't be surprised, like you said, Jarquez Hunter to get a little bit more work. Be interesting to see what they do with the third down back. Um, we saw Jordan Ingram a little bit at the beginning of the season. Maybe he makes some sort of appearance. Um, again, like something like that'll be interesting to see kind of looking ahead for what the depth chart could look like um, in spring practices. Guys have an opportunity here in bowl season. Mark, as you look at this game, just what are your keys to this matchup um, for Auburn? How does Auburn emerge from this one and, and give itself a winning record on the season? And, and what's your prediction for the game in Birmingham? You know, I think a couple things are important, Nathan. You know, Auburn's not good enough now to, to do goofy things like throw interceptions, fumble the ball, make mistakes in the kicking game and expect to beat a good team. Cause this is, you know, Houston, just let's face it. They don't have the kind of talent Auburn does. I think there's one four star and above recruit on Houston's entire roster. Auburn's got loads of those guys, but Houston's guys have actually performed well in game situations and uh, they've got to have a lot of confidence. This is a team who won 11 games in a row uh, during the regular season. And, uh, uh, you know, to me, T.J. Finley's got to step up and throw the ball well. And uh, offensive line's got to do a, a solid job of protecting him. And I'm with Jason. Give the ball to Jarquez Hunter some more. You know, 
if the officials hadn't made that mystery call in the Alabama game, the uh, past Jarquez Hunter might have been one of the biggest plays in that Iron Bowl uh, that got called back because of the because of the the phantom uh, uh, holding call out there on on the on the edge. So uh, uh, defensively, you know, I think Auburn can do a pretty good job against the running game. You know, Houston's okay running the ball. The um, Alton McCaskill's leading rusher, averaging five yards a carry, close to 883 yards in the season. But nothing that really stands out to me. The big offensive throws, Nathaniel Dell, um, 80 catches, 12 touchdowns, 5'10", 165, little dangerous inside receiver kind of guys. Sometimes give SEC secondaries problems. And then Clayton Toon's a very good quarterback, 6'3", 215 junior, so a lot of experience. So, uh, you know, if, if Auburn just uses his athletic ability, gets physical, runs the football, and doesn't make a lot of mistakes, that's the best path to victory, in my opinion, Nathan. Yeah, you're exactly right about the the talent gap, looking at a team like, like Dana Holgerson's. Um, Jason wrote a story on it last week, but it's interesting to kind of see the pivot of that program to defense and kind of an not not an emphasis on defense, but kind of a, a gaining of strength over the past couple seasons. Um, that was really what was able to propel them to their winning streak this year, and that's going to be big. We, the other guy we didn't mention um, is Marcus Jones, All American cornerback from last season. By the way, somebody that Zach Etheridge coached at Houston, so Zach Etheridge has coached an All American corner in back to back seasons. He has opted out. He's probably a first round pick along with Roger McCreary, so TJ Finley won't have to throw at him. Jason, what are your keys for Auburn in this game for a guy like Finley in that offense for a, for a defense that will be you know, decently shorthanded in, in a couple areas um, to be able to possibly get a win in this game? Yeah, look at what Cincinnati did to Houston's offense, and I think this is an Auburn defense that if they come out and they're they're hungry and ready to roll, um, I think they can do some real damage. It just it just reminds me so much of of six years ago in Auburn and Memphis. Memphis comes in with their first-round quarterback, an offense that had some really good skill players. That was an Auburn defense that said, you know what, we, we got a point to prove. Um, they played that way, you know, against Alabama. I think they're rested now. I think the defense can carry Auburn. But as Mark pointed out, can you avoid mistakes on offense? That's To me, I, I think this is going to be a difficult game for this Auburn offense. I think Houston's going to – they're going to come after this group – um, can Auburn create some big plays? Um, that's what you have to be able to do to score and score points in bunches. Uh, I just don't know if Auburn can do enough of that. I think Auburn wins the game. Uh, I think it's going to be a tussle. I think this is going to be a back-and-forth football game. And um, You know, I think Auburn has better players down the line, but they've lost more than Houston. Um, you know, how deep do you have to go to where you start going, hey, this thing evens out a little bit? I think it's pretty darn even right now. Um they got probably, as Mark said, they got more confidence for sure. But I think Auburn and that crowd advantage could could end up being a big deal. And maybe the weather plays a little bit into it too. I think Auburn, if you can line up and, and run the football and give it to Tank, give it to Gar- Jarquez Hunter and try to grind it out a little bit um, with some rain coming, um, yeah, maybe, maybe you try to win this one close in the end. So I, I'm going to give it to Auburn because of the crowd advantage there, but I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, this is just sneakily as as we're kind of talking about it. This is one of the better bowl matchups. I kind of thought this since it was since it was announced, but this is a really good matchup, I think, in terms of a game that might end up being really close. Um, talking about down at the line of scrimmage, the defensive line is not something we've talked about 
much for Auburn, but that might be a pretty good advantage for them um, in this game, just because you've all those guys who are wreaking so much havoc there at the end of the season, they're all going to be there. Guy like Colby Wooden, guy like Derek Hall, who were so successful um, down the stretch of the season, even during that losing streak, going to hope Auburn's hoping they'll be able to tee off um, against Houston's offensive line. Yeah, I really don't see a, I really don't see a reality where this isn't a close game um, and, and probably a low scoring game because of all the factors um, that we've talked about. Think Auburn's defense, those guys there in the middle, those guys taking over for players like Sakobi McLean, those those additional opportunities in the secondary. Those guys have to step up and they've got to have a good game, or else, like Mark talked about, you know, they've got some some good skill position players um, who could maybe burn you if Auburn's not on their game on defense. So I'm I'm with y'all. I think Auburn gets the win. Um, in this game by virtue of talent and a couple matchups that I like um, across the field. Obviously you do have the kind of the home field advantage going on as well. So thank you guys so much for listening. Hope everybody enjoyed this edition of the Roundtable podcast, looking ahead to Auburn's bowl matchup in the Birmingham bowl on Tuesday against Houston. We will have a recap episode from that Auburn basketball opening up SEC play on Wednesday against LSU. We'll have all kinds of coverage um, and a podcast after that as well. So thank you guys so much for listening. Please leave us a five-star view if you guys enjoyed it. And until the next episode, we will talk to y'all later. Everybody have a great start to the week.